Hi friends! Welcome to Reading Minds, where ordinary people talk about extraordinary books. Today we're starting out a new kind of episode called In-Depth Introductions. In these, I'll be talking to one guest, today it's my husband Mason, about a book we've read recently. Instead of talking through plot and our favorite characters like we do in our book club episodes, the idea for these is to give more of a deep dive into the topics and main ideas presented in the books. I'm also aiming for these episodes to be about a half hour, so they'll be about half the time of our book clubs. I hope you enjoy our first episode of in-depth introductions about Things Fall Apart by Shinwa Achebe. And don't miss the awkward icebreaker question at the beginning. Today, I do not have Shannon and Susie with me. I have a very special guest here, and it is, I can't talk, and it is my husband, Mason. Say hi. Hi. Introduce yourself a little bit. Okay, so I'm Mason. I, let's see, so I'm in the Air Force. That's my, my job. I do cyber operations, so computer IT type stuff. He's a nerd. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, a little bit. Uh, so as far as books go, I enjoy, um, thoroughly enjoy any kind of fantasy or fairy tale. That tends to be, if I'm reading fiction, that tends to be my favorite. Um, but sci-fi, so love Lord of the Rings. Really enjoy the Wheel of Time series. I also enjoyed Dune. Um, we really... actually, we read that one together. Yeah, that was out yeah. loud. We read that out loud. Uh, it was mostly long distance, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. when yeah. you were in California, we would Skype or just call each other and yeah. read our book together. Yeah, that was fun. And that's something we try to do a lot is read, read it aloud. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. kind of fallen apart recently. And we're getting back on it. Yeah. No, uh, so fantasy. But yeah, I, I don't know, that's kind of my yeah. taste. I like, I like all kinds of things. Yeah, you're pretty cool. Okay. I think so anyway. Yeah. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. And he doesn't know about this question. I just picked it off of the internet. So, if you had a boat, what would you name it? What would I name it? Mm -hmm. So, I'm just going to go with the word that immediately popped into my head was, like, the Galileo. I don't know. (laughs) That's not be cool. So scientific of you. Kind of, yeah. Well, what kind of boat is it? That would also depend. I don't know. What kind of boat do you want it to be? Uh, maybe like a schooner or a, like a, like a sailing boat that's not giant, but maybe takes like a crew of like 15 people or so that I can command and we can sail and bond and do the Navy thing. Cool. Yeah. Do you want to know what my answer is? What? So, since I tend to name our cars. Okay. And they tend to be... So our car's names, I have a Jeep Patriot, and his name is Gus, and your car, what kind of car is it? It's, it's a, a Ford Escape. Ford Escape, and her name is Deb, so I tend to stick with, you know, your basic names. I would probably, I don't know, it would be something really lame, like George, that's the only name <laughs> I could think of. Uh, so that is if I had a boat. <laughs> you George, okay. <laughs> Taking George out to sea. Well, ships are traditionally, like female mine would be a boy i don't think you're allowed to do that well 
People say that all cars are female, and my car is definitely a boy. Okay. Anyway, so this month we both are not. It wasn't even this month. It yeah. It I was read a while it. It ago. It was a while ago. It was probably last month. Yeah. But so this will be slightly different than what I do with Susie and Shannon because we tend to take a long time and just talk about everything that has to do with this book. This one, hopefully. It'll be kind of a deep dive, but a shorter deep dive, and I don't know. We'll see if a theme arises or anything in the future, but for now, Mason is just at my disposal to talk to at all times, so here he is. So, anyway, we read Things Fall Apart by Shinwa Achebe, and so, Mason, would you like to give a brief overview of this book? Okay. So you could divide it, it's divided roughly into three parts. Uh, the first part describes the main, the main protagonist or character, uh, Akonkwo, uh, and just life in the village. So it describes the- Where? The, what is the setting? Uh, Nigeria. So it's like 19th yeah. century. I feel like it's 19th, 18th the century. Igbo people? Yeah. Igbo. Mm-hmm. Igbo. Yeah. Those people. Uh, so it describes their customs, practices, some happenings, and then- uh, part two, because of an unfortunate incident, he has to leave his village and go to his uh, motherland. So he has to go and stay there for a little bit. So it, the last two parts are short. The, the first part definitely the longest. It's like almost half the book. And the second part, he's living in this in his other tribe. And it, this is the first interactions with uh, European settlers, European colonizers. Mm-hmm. So you have that kind of introduction, a little bit of friction there. Um, and then the third part, he returns home, and it's, it, it explores even more more stuff is going on with the Europeans, and then it goes into the, the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to do that w- without spoilers. Yeah, but, that was yeah. pretty good. And, I don't know, this show, I don't think there's really any holding back as far as spoilers go. Okay, so okay, sorry. You're fine if you want to say more things. But that was a really good summary. Okay. Um, I read this book in college for a world literature class that yeah. I took, and it came up again when we were watching The Great American Read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a, which is a PBS special, and I know I've talked about it before with Shannon and Susie. Um, so that's one of the books that was one of the finalists. And then... I realized Mason had never read it, and I made him read it. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, was good. Yeah. So what what were your overall impressions of it? Did you did you enjoy it? Yes. Let's start uh, with that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was really, really good. Um, if you fact, had to give it a rating out of five stars. Out of five stars? Um, I would probably... I would probably give it a five star rating. Like, I... I maybe didn't enjoy it as much as some of the other five star book, but it's more because it's, um, but it, it's very well written. Mm-hmm. So I would give it five stars, and I did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so any lack of enjoyment on my part is just your fault. Taste. Yeah, <laughs> my fault. Yeah, I um, think I give it a four star for basically the same reason. I don't know. I tend to be a little more. Yeah. Like, I hold back. I gave a it a five bit. star because I could not. I don't think I could think of a flaw in the yeah. story like there's not any there, there's not any real reason why it wouldn't be yeah um it's a very well sewn together story very well written mm-hmm. uh very balanced in its portrayal of all the characters like it doesn't uh, idolize or what uh um, it doesn't put anyone like yeah i think that almost made it 
hard for me to root for anybody because they're so balanced. You could see everybody's flaws, too. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know if you had that issue at all, but when I was reading it, I kept jumping back and forth like, oh, I like this person. No, I don't, because they just killed somebody. And then (laughs) it kind of jumped around, and I couldn't find just one, like, what is the good side of this book? Yeah. I think that you can point, pick out, like, there are definitely some characters that I think were good characters. So, I think his son, in a way, in a way... Um, even though, that's how I said it in my head. Yeah. We will probably butcher all oh, of these yeah, names. So. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, so I, I would call him a good character. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's because I mean he 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 cares. He has you see that he has a sense of right and wrong when he um, knows that it's bad to kill babies to kill the twins. One of the practices that is brought up is twins are seen as curses on the land. So when a when a, someone gives birth to twins they put the twins in a pot and put in the forest Mm -hmm. and let them die and the son was like oh that's that doesn't seem like a good thing (laughs) to do that's bad i don't like that i don't like it when we do that and then there was another case where they had adopted a a boy so i feel like he was an adolescent so probably 15 16 i think they're about the same age yeah they're about the same age and then part for whatever it doesn't even really explain why they choose to murder him they just say oh we're we're gonna murder Mm -hmm. him now well they kind of forgot about him Anyway, the point is, I think he's a good character. I don't think there's anything that I would have say. Oh, I don't like that about him. I don't think there's anything. And there was right. also uh, Mr. Kiaka was the first. He is the first European that we see, and mm-hmm. he's all around a good person. I, I've I noticed that like was... you, you said you went through the Spark Notes, and there was and you so only... they so with the missionaries they're there are kind of stages of missionaries right. in this book. And the first one that shows up, I thought it was Smith. It was Smith. not. See, it was not. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Kiaga. Because uh, he shows up in the motherland. So the first missionary oh, in okay. um, the his actual home so, yeah, is so Mr. Smith. Akonkwo, the main character, gets exiled and he goes to his mother's family. And that's right. what he means by the Mother. motherland. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, so Mr. Kiaga... Kiago. Kiaga. It's K-I-A-G-A. Yeah. Okay. So Kiaga. he shows up to the motherland. And is that... And that's where his son, Nwoye, converts. Right. I think. Right. And then he gets kicked out of his house. Yeah. Ostracized. Exiled. Exiled. Banished. Banished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I was... To go back to the original question. Right. Yeah. There... I could pick out some characters that I'd say, oh, you're a good character. You haven't done anything that makes me hate you. Um... So there were a few people that did that. But the main character... Oh, I despised him. He was... Terrible person. Yeah. Um, I mean, he I mean, I don't know. I do think the book does a good job of explaining why he does the thing so you can understand and sympathize. You do understand him. Yeah. Yeah. So there is... I mean, there's times where you you pity him uh, because he has this such intense need to show his uh, his strength. He he, he lets his pride get in his way. Explain... Him and his father, like that relationship, because okay. I think that sets up right. That his sets whole up. character. Yeah, so his whole character, his father was pretty pretty lazy, uh, so he, you know, there, there's a description. In the very beginning, it says, oh, he never had very many yams. He um, couldn't afford to leave a conquo an inheritance or even provide a conquo with a wife or anything. Um, and then when it, it relates a point where his father goes to the priestess and says, hey, why are my crops failing? Why am I doing so poorly? Uh, I do all the sacrifices. I do all these things. And the priestess says, well, you do all the things. 
you're, you're all right in the God's eyes. It's not the God's fault. It's your fault. You, <laughs> uh, everyone else chooses to cut down new forests and plant on good soil, whereas you choose an old, old pieces of soil to work the land. Uh, you, and she just describes all these things where he takes just a little bit of a shortcut mm-hmm. where he, on the surface, is following what you're supposed to do. He's planting at the right time. He's picking up on the right time. Um, he's uh, doing all that, but he's just always taking a little shortcut. So anyway, so as a result of his laziness, he's very poor in a ton of debt and kind of weak. And he also doesn't like war. So Okonkwo, so, so this is where that was rightly a, a flaw and Okonkwo rightly says, hey, I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to work hard. Mm-hmm. But then he kind of lumped in laziness with his dad also didn't like fighting. He didn't like killing people. So he lumped those two things together. Right. So being lazy and no good and a and not a, which is rightly not being a good man, rightly kind of contrary. He does to compare him to a woman people. a lot too. Right. And that I think affects his, how he views the woman in his, in his life right. in the future. Right. Um, so he lumps all those things together. So if you're lazy, so so being not wanting to kill people is equated with being lazy in his eyes. Right. So basically he is just an overcorrection. Right. Based on what he thought was, or what he saw as flaws right. in his father. Right. And, and there's, so the good things to admire is he's a hard worker. He provides for mm-hmm. his family. He. Right. There's definitely um, a lot to admire about him. He's right. like, obviously he likes to kill people and that's not good, but there are, you can still see positive things about him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think that's his most positive trait is he, he, he works hard and provides... Um, he's very ambitious very in everything ambitious. that he does. Yeah, he works hard, he's ambitious, but his he lets his pride get in his way. He has a temper. Right, and, and even... hates people. Right, and it's very clearly not how the rest of the village operates either. That's not their version of masculinity or... Well, I think it is... I think it's almost in the sense he's taking their ideal of what, what you have to do to... Because he had all the highest titles, so he was the top... Right. The kind of the person. But my question is, how did how did he get there? I think he just asserted himself so much that they didn't really have a choice as to just give him all well, of the authority. I I mean, because... I, you see him beating his wife during the week of peace. Is that what right. it's called? And he gets, um, is that when he got, that's not when he got exiled. Right. But he got punished for that. And he has, so his friend Obierica. Yeah. I liked him a lot. I thought he yeah. was a really yeah. good character. Right. Um, so he, he's not afraid to confront Okonkwo about things right. that he's doing. He tries to balance him out. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I'm still kind of trying to understand how, how to, see it, it whether Okonkwo is seen the, to them as the ideal or with a few flaws or if um is it is his pride and his strength like his his proclivity to violence is that part of the ideal or or is it is it part of the ideal that he takes to the extreme or is it that or they would they see it as a flaw because i don't think they would see being violent as a flaw no they would just say you have to I think, at, yeah. During X, X and Y. I think times. they have stricter boundaries than he does. Well, he normally wouldn't. So I think that. So I guess his flaw is probably his pride and his temper because it's not that it's wrong to beat your wife. That that's not seen as that's not wrong. Everybody, people do that. You just have to do it correctly. You have to beat right. your wife in a good manner. <laughs> um, but also think about every time he got in trouble with his tribe, it was for killing a person. So he. 
They told him not to kill his adopted son, but he did because he didn't want to seem weak. He, well, I guess she didn't die, but he beat his wife during the week of peace. Then he killed, who was it? Somebody it was some, at Obierica. Not well, that Obierica. was an accident. It was an accident. Uh, but that's there, when they he weren't got, mad at him. They, but that's yeah. when he got exiled. Right. But, and there it was, that's just the, the custom of if you accidentally kill someone, you have okay. to leave. But I would say, again, like with the, the issue with him beating his wife, it wasn't that he beat her that, that was wrong. It's that he beat her during, during this time. During the week of peace. During the week of peace. Yeah. Um, the killing uh, the boy. Obviously, it wasn't wrong to kill the boy, but it was wrong. It was for, wrong for him to kill the they, boy. And it wasn't even wrong. It just said, "Hey, it, they're they're almost trying to like spare him the 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 challenge of it." And then he was like, "Oh, you don't have to spare me the challenge. Right. I don't want to. You don't have to save me. Spare me from it." So, Conquo, that's my impression of the character. Yeah, he's he's interesting. Yeah. So I do think we should talk about colonialism because Mm -hmm. that is such a prominent aspect of the book and I think it would be horrible if we didn't talk about it Mm -hmm. but it is a touchy subject I do think we before we get into it we should acknowledge that there are problems on both sides and it's a very polarizing topic so yeah all right (laughs) end of disclaimer (laughs) um I, I really appreciated this book's take on colonialism because it's those he's obviously writing from like an during was the 50s and 60s during a very strong kind of anti-colonialistic um, period and that's what he's kind of pushing but he does take a relative a pretty balanced view of the Europeans mm-hmm. like especially the first ones that come over they're not super evil you know it, and in many ways colonialism is I think it, in, in the modern mind like we look back we think of colonialism oh you know the people come over and they just conquer they just come and oppress and conquer and then just extract resources when a lot of times it kind of or at least so say the way it's portrayed in this book the way it's shown here is it's not that they're coming and oppressing and installing and conquering people and installing a new government it's hey they missionaries come and missionaries uh, build a church and then sometimes the natives don't like the missionaries and so they attack and kill them and somebody says oh you can't kill missionaries if you kill a missionary we'll punish you for killing the missionary so if you kill someone we're gonna go take you and try you in a court and do be a good government mm-hmm. um, or say you have a market and you you set up a the you know England or whatever I think I think I think this is a British colony so yeah yeah, I mean, their last name is they mentioned Smith the queen. And yeah, and they mentioned Brown. the queen. Yeah. Um, or you come in and you set up a marketplace. And that's very... Because even here, he said, like, the people, uh, even when at the at the height, like, as the uh, colonial power is kind of taking over things and kind of really changing the society, people weren't upset about it. They had... They were able to sell their goods, so they, they mentioned, they oh, for the first time, like palm oil and palm wine, all these things that we make are actually making us very wealthy. They're, we're getting wealth from them. Um, so there is def- so it's almost like I don't know that you can say absolutely colonialism is bad so much as mm-hmm. bad things often accompany colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, like the idea itself of coming in saying, oh, hey, trading, oh, you... And then enforcing law. It's a, I don't know. It, it's it is touchy. Uh, yeah. There was one of the reasons that we read this book is I read an article a while back 
almost kind of arguing in favor of colonialism or showing the damage that anti-colonialism has done on those on the countries that have um, that were former former colonies hmm. um, and and it, and it contrasted uh, former colonies that had a very vi- like kind of almost violent anti-colonialistic um, ideal running through them so uh, I think the examples would be like you know Kenya Nigeria all, a lot of places in Africa and it contrasted those with say uh, Singapore who adopted a lot of the practices of their former colonial like nations uh, the former the former colonists saying colonialists as colonists anyway colonialists colonialists <laughs> yeah um, anyway so that was one of the things that spurred us to read this book to just kind of get another mm-hmm. look into that so I, I think it's interesting I don't I don't think it's an open and shut question it's a very complicated question I think yeah. people tend to oversimplify it yeah yeah um, I would agree um, I did like how this book through the three different missionaries it portrayed three different kinds right um, so we have what is it? Mr. Kiaga. Mm-hmm. So he, he's the one that's there in the motherland. So Okonkwo gets exiled. He goes to his mother's homeland. And while he's there, there's a missionary that comes and... Sorry. That comes and uh, preaches. You know, so, he, so he's a Christian missionary. So he preaches you know, Christ, uh, the gospel and everything and starts acquiring converts. And he asks for land. Uh, they give it. He asks for land so he can build a church. They give him some land. I thought this was. Um... No, this is Mr. Kiaga. He builds a church, and it's all kind of it's all like voluntary. He's not coming in enforcing anything. And then uh, when people people come to him, he he is changing their culture in the sense of people want to become Christians. Especially it, is, it especially appealed in this case to the oppressed members of the society because their society was. Um, the way their hierarchy works, like there's almost kind of an arbitrariness with some people chosen to be, uh, I don't even, there's these certain group of people that would outcast or set apart for the gods and they couldn't live with the rest of the tribe. And it seemed kind of arbitrary why some people were chosen to be these outcasts. Um, yeah, so it was very peaceful and came in and he did, you know, confront some of the poor, bad practices in their culture, some of the bad aspects of their culture and said, Hey, don't kill twins. Um, don't beat your wives, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. That those those things aren't good. Uh, you know, don't ostracize people. Like it was all all pretty pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he would and he would force them to uh, uh, like abandon certain pagan practices. Like it's I think something they would, there was different symbols. I can't remember um, exactly like different practices that he would make them stop doing before they could. Um, be part of the church mm-hmm. so he yeah. and mr brown the second missionary are the one in the in okonkwo's I land see, that he was yeah. exiled from i feel like they were similar then um kind of, i almost see mr brown as kind of an in-between mm-hmm. or mr kiaga i should say as an in-between because mr brown was um he didn't i don't know he he didn't confront it I don't know. It, it didn't tell you a whole lot. It just, it just gave you this impression that Mr. What, I think Mr. Brown's the first one, right? He, yeah. He doesn't... Um, he, he tries very carefully to assimilate their culture mm-hmm. and, he, and in some ways lets them keep some aspects of it. Um, whereas Mr. Smith is much more... 
Who's no, the third one? Right, the third one has to says nope, you can't. You, I think it was making them, you know, cut off titles, making them. Uh, Ibarda lady from the Lord's Supper when she let her husband mutilate their dead child, um, which I don't. Mister Smith is seen as the extreme. In, I don't think he's actually that bad. Um, he doesn't. He never advocates violence, and he and even when they're coming well, to attack his thing, he says he... we kind of does advocate violence because do you remember one of the converts whose name is Enoch? Right. He encouraged him to no, he didn't. stir up trouble. So he didn't so the way it says is because he was stricter on their practices, some people I, I see it more as other some of his congregants took his um ideas and ran with them. Mm-hmm. And he didn't he didn't even necessarily like the way that some people ran with them. So he didn't like necessarily what Enoch did. I don't know. It's it's hard to it's it's almost hard to kind of see. I how do you think thought he handled. It. So there's a part when the leaders of the village come up to the church and mm-hmm. they're all hiding in the church. Right. And I think he handled that really well. I yeah yeah. And that's why he de- kind of diffused right. the tension like right. in the situation, which right. was impressive because yeah. Enoch had eaten a python. Is that what it was? Yeah. Which was a very well. Sacred... So the thing that they did there. So that was a rumor that he had did that he did. Right, that. right, right. I think uh, the the crime was he pulled a mask off of um, uh, one of the village elders when they were doing the, they. There was this. There's a ceremony where they. I think it's their it was their court. court. It's basically mm-hmm. their court system, where but all the men or the elders in the village would put on masks and they would essentially pretend to be ancestral spirits. So he got pulled it off and said, "Hey, you're not real." Pulled it <laughs> off of him. And so that was, you know, really bad. Um, So, real question here. Okay. Do you think that the changing of a culture should stop outside of the church? Should it be only for the people who belong to the church and have adopted these, I don't know, like a new system of morality? Do you think that that should be implemented outside of that community? Hmm. I don't know if I worded that so well. Okay, so, all right. The church doesn't have authority to enforce civil laws, so right. I would say no. It can't. the The most the church can do is excommunicate someone. So even all these missionaries, they weren't advocating violence of any sort. They would say, "Oh, you can't be part of the church and do this." So it was enforcing think... through church discipline, not through, um, or at least in this case, I'm well, not saying that certainly churches have done that in the past, but. Right. Um, but don't you think that the colonists coming in and having the, what is it, the district? The not, district court. The district. Yeah. Uh, so that, so now name? what you're having is almost, so that's a, that's a civil institution. So it's not the church enforcing or trying to change the culture. Now you have a civil institution that's um, concerned with protecting its citizens. Right. So the, so this is where the missionaries come in first. And now the missionaries need protecting because some people try to destroy, steal stuff, or kill them, or do different right. things. So now you have a, a now you have uh, a court system that comes in and protects and in, and enforces good government, mm-hmm. like and, and protects its citizens. Um, do you think? I don't know. Reading it, it felt like it was partial towards the missionaries, though. Um, just in yeah. how they treated well, the leaders of the village when they were taken in. Well, so the, here's the thing. The people that treated the leaders bad, the the European um, magistrate 
says, hey, you'll be treated humanely if you aren't, come tell me. And then it's the it's his fault it's the followers or the lower um, like I, I don't know if you call them employees or guards who are not European they're African because because here's here's where it gets complicated is when and, and this is where they're talking about fighting if if they were trying to oppose colonialism they wouldn't be fighting primarily white people they wouldn't be fighting Europeans they would be fighting their own people because their own because it was Africans that were joining with that were. Um, saying, hey, these European stuff, they're helping us get wealthy, they're bringing their markets in, they're bringing these ideas in that help us do better. So it's almost um, like Europe brought in ideas and um, practices and the actual people themselves were the ones that were implementing them and putting them in place with oversight from like, some European district now i would say the that commissioner absolutely failed in his regard for to just i don't know if he was doing it on purpose and this is where it's kind of ambiguous yeah it didn't really say whether he knew that his followers or his the guards were going to mistreat them and just chose to turn a blind eye or if he was just incompetent and just not caring Uh, so either way that was bad on him he was kind of being that that was failing right and again Um, this book i think does a good job of showing flaws on both sides of the problem right Right. so the failure there is just with consistency they um um i think the other main not main but another big topic that this book brought up was gender roles which that's the big topic now in anything that you read (laughs) yeah um so this goes back to okonkwo as a character a little bit so he has this low view of women that stemmed from his hatred of his father because he was acting like a woman. Um, and I'm sure that, I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm, I would venture to say that it's not just Okonkwo that had kind of a low view of women in that society. Right, right. Um, because you do see them taking multiple wives right. and, and that's beating sure their wives of- and it only being a problem if it's during the week of peace <laughs> or too or too much because there was another scene where a guy was beating his wife like almost to death and so her family comes and takes him takes her back and then he comes to the court this is the oh, this yeah, is the, the first court. time we see the this is where we see the court is a guy was beating his wife and he beat her too much and so his wife's family came and took him and then they told him yeah take go you know they they judged him and said hey you know you you were wrong Right. Um, so, it, but it, so it, we do see that as a norm in right. their society. Right. Um, I do have this theory though that okay. Okonkwo he was just overcompensating for the appearance of being manly and strong. Right. So right. his beating of his wife was more just to express to the rest of the tribe that he is in control of his household and right. and all of that, but. He does take preference to his daughter, um, Azinma, 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 Azinma. Um, and multiple times he says that he wishes that she was a boy because he would, she would have been the perfect son, whereas he doesn't like Nwoye at all. Mm -hmm. So we see him making, having, um, preferential treatment to his daughter, and there is that one scene where the priestess carries off Azima to go I don't know what they I were doing. What they were doing. Um, yeah, some ceremony. Some kind of ritual, ritual. or something. 
Um, and Equife, his second wife, who is right. the girl's mother, um, runs after them because she's worried. Um, and then it turns out that Okonkwo, oh, I can't even say it, Okonkwo was following his wife. It kind of expressed that he did love his wife's, his wives and daughter, um, mm-hmm. his wives and daughters. Um, or at least that But it daughter. was only, yeah, at least that one. <laughs> um, but it, he would only show it if nobody else could see. Because also it went on and on about how dark it was that night mm-hmm. in the book. And I think that was why there was so much detail about that was just right. to show oh, that's a good that. Point. Mm-hmm. When it was dark and no one could notice no one that, would he, know no that one he would know that he was carrying. Right. Yeah. So that is my theory that he yeah. actually cares. He just cares more about appearances and about being a man. <laughs> that is all I had to say about that. So I wanted yeah, to share my I theory. Think, I, I think I agree with that. Um, now with gender roles, I mean, it's pretty normal. I think their their division of labor makes sense. Um, gender roles are almost always attributed come from some sort of what, what used to be a means of survival. So mm-hmm. men are s- stronger, so we're going to be the, the warriors. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you just have bigger muscle. We have bigger muscle mass, bigger bone density on average. So we're going to be the warriors. That so anything that's physically demanding, we're going to do that. Um, other labor that uh, probably might require more attention to detail, more kind of aspects of like caring, is going to be given to women. So women were so the men did the hunting, they did the fighting, they and they grew yams. And uh, also women were in charge of children. Right. They are the ones that. Had the children. Had the children, and, you know, the, there's a very much a nurturing instinct there, so they do that. Um, so women raised the children, and they cared for, they rose other crops. So they d- did other mm-hmm. crops that didn't require as much um, physical toil. Yeah. So, I guess as a conclusion, would you, or I guess since we know you really liked it, why would you recommend that people read this? Um, because... Because of how it presents colonialism, it would I think it will get you, even though, so the norm, someone thinks, oh, colonialism, bad white man comes and oppresses all these other people. Um, even though this is definitely an anti-colonial book. Right. Um, it's it does very, it very balanced in how it approaches it. And to the point where I read that book and even just from reading it, come across and said, oh, you know, the colonists were, it was kind of a good thing that the, the white men came over. They did, they, they, overall, I came away from this book thinking that European and inf, European influence was a net good, um, would be my coming away from like the, in, in the grand scheme of things, it was a net good that Europeans came over and changed their culture. Um, which is not necessarily, I don't know if that's necessarily how we, what do you intend someone to conclude? I don't think so, because when I read it in college, I came away from it thinking colonialism was bad. (laughs) So, so it is a book that gives you such a robust look at colonialism that that you can walk away. away Right. I think it's really, really good um, when two people can read it. The same book and get two different conclusions. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I can, can, if it, Especially if the book is comparing two issues or two sides of an issue, and each side can say, "Oh, we can't, we can't. each side can come." That up there's not a thing. straw man, or like anything. there's not. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely not a straw man, and it's just a good balanced view of how it works. Yeah. Cool. So, I think that is all for today. All right. Awesome. Yeah, we'll do more of these.
Well, I hope you enjoyed this in-depth introduction of Things Fall Apart, and be watching for another episode of this kind next month. Bye, friends.